Let me just pray before I just share a couple uh, things this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here and your presence is beautiful this morning. And we thank you that, Holy Spirit, you know, it's, it is the, the people, it's your people gathering together. That's the church. That's the church. And yes, it's a little bit different than the theater and, you know, we've, we're changing our routine and all that. But thank you that it is the church meeting together that is the body of Christ. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that, that you are here and I believe you're going to speak to people and I pray that you would encourage people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So just a little bit of, I guess, more of an encouraging word of just, you know, what I saw and, and, and I guess, you know, reminding us that we have a community in Gangalan. And yes, it's different than the community of Cambodia. But I believe that God works everywhere. It doesn't matter where we are. It can be in Cambodia, in Poland, right, in Russia, in America, in Australia, in Gangalan, in Nichols. God can work beautifully in, in our own context, in our own community. But I want to share, obviously, a little bit about, a bit about Cambodia. I've entitled this, or I've titled this sermon, Master Builder, Master Builder. Now, I'll give you a little bit of an understanding of what a master builder's process of, of thinking would be. It would be, uh, the process of thinking would be, well, I need to put together a blueprint, right? Is that right, Sean? Is that right, Wayne? Is that right, Sid? Often the case, maybe not for smaller projects, but if it's, if it's, a, if it's a, bu a building, there's a blueprint. What is a blueprint? Let me explain what a blueprint is, because I am not gifted at building stuff. And so I had to check exactly what it, meant, what it means. And it just says it's to make a copy of a building plan. It's a building plan, a detailed plan, one that, you know, has the measurements and what it's going to look like. And it's, it's, it's that. But let me share the blueprint, the building plan set out by our Savior, Jesus. Because there is a, a master builder who has thought up what the building of his house, of his church, would look like. He's thought ahead, and we can learn what is the master builder's plan? What does he have in mind for the church? And I love hearing it no other than from the words of our Savior through the Lord's Prayer. Whenever I read the Lord's Prayer, and I'm not going to read the whole Lord's Prayer, I'm going to focus in on one bit of the Lord's Prayer, but you hear the master builder's blueprint, the building plan for the church. And in Matthew 6, 9, 10, it says this, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Here it is. Here's his master plan. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the master builder's blueprint and plan for us as a church. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me say something. It is still relevant today. It's still relevant today. Luke 11, 1, which is also talking about you know, the, the, what, what was said before the Lord's Prayer, says this, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Let me ask us a question. 
Let me ask myself a question. Are you His disciple? Are we His disciples? And if the answer is yes, we ought to ask the same question as His disciples did. Lord, teach me what to pray, how to pray. Because we're disciples. We're no different to Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. We're no different because we we are His disciples. We're followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we ought to ask the same question. Lord, teach me to pray. And His answer will be, as it was this morning, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His blueprint. Because we know that there are places on this earth where His kingdom has not come yet. And His will is not being done yet. So we know that this plan that was relevant when He said it in His prayer, teaching His disciples how to pray, is still relevant today. This is how we ought to pray. This is still the desire and the prayer of our King. Amen? We can be confident that what Jesus prayed, His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven, will be and is being accomplished. Will be and is being accomplished. We get to partner with Him. The church, the church, is the vessel that He employs to execute the master plan. Because we know that the blueprint is a blueprint. We know that it's a plan. It's a plan. But in order for the plan and the blueprint to become a reality, it needs to be employed. The the plan needs to be executed. And it is you and I, it is the church that has the honour of partnering with our King and seeing this prayer come to pass. Amen? He employs us. God is building His church. Now, that's, I just wanted to establish that from the beginning because I think, and I've said this before, and it's, it's our ABC. <laughs> it's going back to basics. It's hearing what is so true yet so important that we continue to keep that in the forefront of our mind. What's, what's the mission? What's the purpose? What are we here for? We're not just wandering around aimlessly. There is a blueprint. There is a plan. And we ought to align our hearts and our lives with what, he is, what His intention is on this earth. But what did I learn from the church of Cambodia? What did I learn? Many things. <laughs> so many things. How is God building His church through the partnership of His people? How is that being done? And I was thinking, what, what is a word that I could kind of help, help me describe what I'm seeing from the church of Cambodia, how they are partnering with the king in seeing his kingdom come and his will be done. What's a word that could help me explain this? And the word that came to my mind was simplicity. Simplicity. And I want to ask for a moment if I can just have a couple of the front lights turned off because I want to show you a couple of photos that will help illustrate what I'm talking about. Thank you so much, Andrew. 
the word that came to my mind was simplicity. Find a need and meet it. Find a need and meet it. That's pretty simple, right? Find a need and meet it. So the first slide, if you can bring up the first slide. uh, Yes, perfect. You can see that there are two pictures. One of them is what the, uh, the source of water that was used for agriculture and the source of water that was used for washing clothing. And I learned this, and I asked questions. I was determined to ask questions this week about, you know, details. I don't want to be up here saying things that are not true or not right. I asked even the question, I said, what about, what about for drinking? Do they, do, they, do they drink from this water? And what was... What somebody helped me understand was, no, they don't drink from the water. They have to travel about a kilometer, right? Now, if you know, if what I learned about um, many contexts in, in Cambodia, what I learned by asking questions is that many people don't um, wander away from the vicinity of where they live over a kilometer. It's like I heard a brother that I was speaking to that is planted in Cambodia and he is, he's moved his church four kilometers away from where it was. So we've, we've moved from the theater to here, and it's about, what, maybe, maybe 50 meters or something? <laughs> but it was four-kilometer move, and he, he had, a, he had the, uh, the challenge of helping shift mindsets that four kilometers is not that far. You know, back in the day when I used to do a lot of running, I could run four kilometers in probably under 16 minutes, Right? It's not that far, but, but it is in that context. So then when you think about one kilometer as well, that some people don't venture out of that, that radius, that one kilometer radius, to travel for water, that is a big deal for drinking purposes, right? But in this case, the fact of the matter is, for agriculture and for the fact that um, we need to wash our clothes from time to time, this is the water source that was available to them. Now, the other picture, and you can see, by the way, in that first picture, it's a little bit hard to see, but if you can see on the, on the left corner of that picture, there's a little tablet or there's a little, little uh, um, structure. And what that structure is, I'll show you in a minute. It, it is the, uh, the stamp of the support that was given by Imaginations Church, which is, for me, finally church, seeing it with my eyes, seeing that this, what, what we're doing is making a difference it was like, I actually, it was, it was underwhelming at one point because I, I came and I arrived and we're under this structure, this, this uh, awning with dirt on the floor and I'm looking and kind of we're sitting down on, on, on plastic chairs and some, suddenly somebody mentions to me, the well's over there and I'm like, what? The well, finally, I get to see the well. I get to see the well. Now it is making a big impact and now what verse came to my mind was in James 2.17 says this, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now here's the thing. I saw the opposite to this. I saw the opposite to this. Faith with works, being alive, being so alive. And as a result, lives are changed. It's an incredible thing to see when you know that five to ten families rely upon this water source. Suddenly the kilometer walk to be able to access water for drinking is no longer 
a reality in their life. They can simply cross the road or it's the neighbour next door or it's a couple, you know, a couple metres not too far and they can access clean water. So the next picture you can see, if you can bring that next picture up, Carl, is what I was talking about. And it is that picture of Imaginations Church, uh, you know, plastered on there. And by the way, this was built, right, in 2022, around about when we know that the world was going a little mad during the COVID crisis, right? This was being built. So I just think that's remarkable that with all the things that were happening in the world, God's church is still being built through word and through deed, right? And James talks about it through word and deed. It's not just about what I'm saying with my, with my mouth. It's also about the action. We'll move on to the next, or I'll share the next picture, if that's okay, Carl. Uh, this next picture, and I'll explain it. So I said the word that came to my mind was simplicity. Find a need and meet it. So the first need that was found was water source being um, uh, uh, not ideal and meeting the need. And from that place where the wells were built, I saw right there, dirt, ground, awning. That's where we have church, right there. I saw it. And it was, it was beautiful to see that, that this is the body of Christ being built on the earth. It looks a little different, but it's not the building or the structure it's God's people coming together, and it was beautiful. But this next picture is a pastor who took a bit of initiative and thought, how can I connect with the, the youth of my area? And so you can see why we call this the world game, because in Cambodia, soccer, right, is some, something that many young people love. And you can see that the field is not exactly, you know, the local park that we see in Gangalan, right? Beautifully manicured, uh, manicured and, and, and perfect. But it's a soccer field. It has a couple goalposts and, and the kids love it. The youth come and they play soccer and they have an amazing time. They, they have competition. And in that place, in that space is where he takes the opportunity to connect with the young people and to be able to share the word and to be able to disciple the young people, to be able to be um, change agents in their community. Just a beautiful, beautiful simplicity about it. Find a need and meet it. And what Scripture came to my mind was 1 Corinthians 9.20 says this, And to the Jews I became a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law. Not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. So it's just a reminder that who your audience is, right, matters. And being able to just see a need and saying, how can I reach a need in this community, right, that will connect with a, a young person, somebody in the, in the community, right? I can do it like this and I can become young and youthful in this way to be able to preach Jesus Christ and be able to share the good news. So simplicity, just find a need and meet it. We'll go to the next slide if that's okay, Carl. You can see the gentleman in the 
white, not mica on the end, but you can see the gentleman in the white. Can everyone see that gentleman? Beautiful, beautiful testimony. Beautiful testimony. He grew up um, in a broken family. Dad died at four years old. Didn't live with his mum, lived with his relatives, right? But determined in his heart that he wanted to have a different way when he's growing up and, and he's just going to live it differently. He's going to be successful or whatever because of his upbringing. It was difficult, right? But what he did is in the process of self-development, right, having a, a hard upbringing, he went to English lessons, learning how to speak English because he, that, he believed that that would be something that would help him with opportunity and with, um, you know, future job roles and stuff like that. And so the point being... Who is the one that is serving the community with English lessons? Well, it's New Life Fellowship, who, are we, who we are partnered with. So that many young people go to English lessons, and in that place, they preach the gospel. Not only are they learning how to speak English, but they're also having the gospel preached to them. And this young man, right, in the process of learning English, gave his heart to Jesus, Jesus found him in his broken state, in his place of, 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 you know, a rough upbringing, and he was saved. And then he got invested in the church, right, to the point that he was then heading the uh, English lessons and IT program at the, at the church, heading that program. And then the pastor asked him, he said, I'd like you to go and be a principal at New Life Fellowship School, which started with 60 to 70 students and now is 600 and beyond, right? And I, I went into the, into, the, into the building, saw it, they're, they're, they're building on the top level, extra classes. By the way, again, when they were building, during such a difficult time, during COVID, is when they took a, a step of faith and were building this structure, moving from one spot to the other, and God has blessed it. God is breathing upon it. It is a Christian curriculum intertwined with education. This gentleman is now the principal of that school. Now, the story continues. He now, right, when he got saved, his sister, because they are very devoted Buddhists, his sister chucked his clothes out on the street. You're not welcome. You're not welcome with us. But him living for the Lord, now his sister asks him for advice. She's his older sister, which is a big thing. She asks him for, his, for advice in life and in different scenarios. And her three children go to the school where he is principal of. Just a beautiful story. Just a beautiful testimony of what God is doing in just one life. Again, I'll bring it back to what I was saying. Simplicity. Find a need and meet it. A need was... Many of our demographic people, young people, want to learn English. So New Life Fellowship has lessons in all the campuses. We're going to teach you English. Because when we teach you English, that's meeting a need. Through word, simplicity. Through deed, simplicity. I can help you with that. Just beautiful. Next picture, if I can bring that next one up. Carl? Simplicity, find a need to meet it. So you can see there's a class here, and you can see this is uh, some children in the class. I guess what I wanted to point out 
to you in this picture, in this particular picture, is you can see what they're meeting in. And now, by the way, this building is better than a lot of the buildings or meeting places that I saw. This is, this is not um, terrible, but the point is it is simple. It's not, a, it's not glamorous in any way, but it serves the purpose. And what I wanted to encourage you with is that, you know, it's not about the building structure. It's about the people meeting together. The body of Christ meeting together. We are the church meeting together. And of course, we're fortunate to be able to be in this position where we've got a nice building, you know, warmth. Uh, we've got internet, etc., so on and so forth. But the point is, God is building His church, right, in the most simple forms and places where people are gathering and loving God and learning and growing. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing to see. And a scripture that came to my mind was 1 Peter 2, verse 4 says this, Coming to Him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, turn to somebody next to you and tell them you are a living, you're a living stone. We are living stones. Listen to this, are being built up, are being built up as a spiritual house. Isn't that a beautiful passage? It's not talking about the physical structure. We're being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It's not so much about, again, where we're meeting, the simplicity of it all. Simple, simple. And here's the thing, I will be honest, that I did see some beautiful facilities, beautiful facilities, but they landed to that facility after like say 20 years or a period of time where they met in places that weren't so glamorous because they're not focusing on the superficial, on the stuff. They're focusing on what's important and that is spreading the good news. That is the purity of the gospel. That is healing the brokenhearted. That is providing water to those who don't have access doing what's most important, and then in the process of caring about what is most important, God is providing beautiful places as well, and I did see that. What else did I learn from the church of Cambodia? Simplicity, find a need, and meet it. What else did I learn? The next word that came to my mind was availability. Availability. Send me, send me, I will go. Availability. Simple, right? It's kind of like, you know, even in what we did this morning in setting up the church, I'm available, I'll come, I'll, I'll, be, I'll support what's there to be done. I'm making myself available. Simple, yet profound, and yet beautiful when you see it happening in the church of Jesus Christ amongst young and old. I didn't see superstar pastors. I really didn't. I didn't see, you know, high profile style people. I just saw people, simple people loving Jesus, loving His ways and saying, pick me, send me, I will go. And let that be an encouragement to us. Um, Carl, this picture, yes, thank you so much. So you can just see, this is a, just a quick picture of 
a meeting that we had with uh, some of the leaders in New Life Fellowship, some beautiful people. And, you know, there was uh, actually a lady that came up to uh, Jeff and she kind of spoke to him about the impact from a previous missions trip where one of the men of God um, came um, from Sydney. He came from Sydney on the missions trip and he just shared a word with her. And at the time, it didn't make a lot of sense to her. She said, it didn't make a lot of sense to her. But with tears in her eyes, as she spoke to Jeff, she was reminded of that word and sharing um, with him the word that she received and how much it now makes sense. Just beautiful. A young lady that's devoted to taking young people on missions trip to rural spots in Cambodia. They go for the whole day. They serve the community. Simple tasks. Maybe they'll paint the structure in which people are meeting at. They'll just go and serve the community. What I got from that was in all the different departments that I was you know, um, seeing in the church, just people that are available. Available. And I remember the scripture that Come, it came to mind, the scripture came to mind in Matthew 9.37, it says this, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. I saw, I saw laborers. I saw laborers. And I saw laborers in the form that you, you might not expect because it wasn't a laborer in a beautiful structure or facility. It was just a laborer, a, a young lady. Um, I don't have a photo of her a young lady with her two daughters. And, you know, this is kind of like an offshoot of the little small building in that um, faci uh, facility underneath the awning on the dirt ground with a, a few plastic chairs, the well over to your left. She's serving her community. A beautiful heart for God. Just saying, send me, Lord. I will go. And for me, that was something that, again, encouraged me and it made me think of, you know, the story of Joe and myself, I boast in the fact, church, I boast in the fact that we were not the first choice <laughs> to come to Canberra. You know, if you talk to Pastor Sid and Sue, they'll tell you there were different people that were, you know, lined up to come to in-church Canberra. I boast the fact that we weren't first choice because what I want to be in life, and let me encourage you that you can be also, and you probably are, and if you're not, I encourage you to be, just be available. God, my hand's lifted. Whatever that means, whatever purpose I can serve in the church, on this earth, Lord, I, 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 my hand's raised. Send me, Lord. I will go. I'm available. And as we do that, we get to come alongside and see the reality of the prayer of our Savior, that His kingdom is coming and His will is being done on this earth. And there was nothing greater than seeing that in action, seeing that firsthand, not just from a video presentation, but seeing that, talking to people, asking questions, making sure the facts are right, hearing that this church and global is supporting people elsewhere. If anything, it motivated me. It motivates me. I'm like, I actually spoke to Joe. I said, Joe, we're going to do more. <laughs> we're going to do some. I've got a few plans for our family. And of course, it's specific to my family. But I was like, Joe, I saw what true treasure looks like. I saw it. 
I saw it. It was, you know, that, that, that little placard. It's not to boast because we're hardworking people. We're trying our best. We're, we've got bills and all, we're, we're, we're setting a little bit of money aside and saying, God, if this can make a difference, I want to be in. And then I saw it, the reality of it. And I was like, Lord, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Lord, let it be that, you know, my family, the Rotnyak family, when we lived and breathed on this earth, we never saw it as a, a temporal, temporal scenario where we could just build up treasure that fades away, treasure that, you know, we, is beautiful for a second and then is gone. No, no, no. Let me be invested in eternal treasure where people are having their physical needs met, which is, isn't that God? Isn't that God? God wouldn't walk past and ignore a need. No, He wouldn't. His heart would be moved, and we see it in His Word, constantly moved by compassion, stopped from where He's going and said, I'm going to meet that need. And we're doing it. We're doing it. And it's a, it's a joy. It's an absolute joy. So can I encourage you that if this is something that is stirring up in your heart, Lord, I want to be available more. Perhaps I've been available somewhat, but what you're saying to me, Pastor, this morning is that if I can have eternal treasure on this earth, like establish with partnership with God, seeing eternal treasure happen, I'm in. I'm 100% in. Can we bow our hearts and our eyes and I'll, get, I'll invite the worship team up? There are way more stories and there are way more, you know, uh, learning lessons and things that I took from the trip. And, you know, in time, I'm sure that naturally I'll be able to, you know, whether I'm with you individually or from the pulpit, I'll share what I saw. I, sh- I, 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 exp- I saw the miraculous happen through a testimony of one of the older ladies that, um, she's a grandmother, she was sharing about how she had a visitation of, if it wasn't Jesus, it was an angel, but it was a, it was a, it was a, a bright, white, supernatural being that came into her room when she was suffering with infirmity and said to her, you need to follow the way of which she's been hearing from a preacher that was preaching. You need to follow him. You need to stop your, your Buddha idolatry, and you need to follow Jesus. And she, and, and she was miraculously healed. And she's sharing this testimony. And I'm like, the God of miracles lives today. The God of the miraculous lives today. And, and, and he's, he's, he's ever so present. And it was beautiful to see and to hear the testimonies. But this morning, church, oh, let me just pray, and then I want to kind of we'll move on to the next part of our service. We're, we're closing very quickly, but I just want to pray.